Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of Keep the Receipts, the One Man Fast Break. I'm your host, Altamash. This episode is going to really be covering all, all the sports. I'm going to cover a little bit of baseball, a little bit of soccer, a little bit of football, and a little bit of the NBA that I just started up. But I want to get started with my Super Bowl prediction, and I want to start with the Kansas City Chiefs. Team that's been back-to-back Super Bowls, won one, obviously got pretty manhandled in the second one last year. Tom Brady beating them 30-9. to It wasn't really even that close of a game. And ever since that game, it's really felt like the Chiefs have just kind of been normal. Patrick Mahomes hasn't been superhuman. Patrick Mahomes has not looked like the first ballot Lock Hall of Famer that everybody thought he's going to be. Which he probably still will be, honestly. The kind of numbers he's put up and the kind of numbers he's going to put up as his career goes forward. But the Chiefs look beatable. They don't look good. They, there's just many things wrong with the Chiefs. First of all, mad props to the Titans. They handled the Chiefs. Like, manhandled them. 27-0 at halftime. Just dominated them. Like the, They didn't even need Derrick Henry. The MVP of the league, probably. They didn't even need Derrick Henry to get 100 yards. And they just carved the Chiefs up. Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, the threat of Derrick Henry is obviously going to be there. But Ryan Tannehill was making passes. And A.J. Brown coming off of his stomach virus. Dominated them. He had over 100 yards and a touchdown. Julio Jones still looks like he's not fully there with his hamstring injury. and But, man, the Chiefs just... They can't stop anybody, and since they can't stop anybody, it feels like Patrick Mahomes has to do that much more, and he's just doing too much, and it's kind of one of those things where when you do too much and you try too hard, you just fall flat on your face, and you just mess up more than if you just played calmly and let the chips fall where they may. Patrick Mahomes has been so good. He feels like he needs, you know, I I really think that is one of the things. He feels like he needs to you know, throw for 400 yards every game, throw for four touchdowns every game. And if he doesn't do that, he's letting his team down or he's letting his, like, fans down. And honestly, it's really kind of costing them because their defense can't stop anybody. We've talked about that in the previous episodes. And that's going to be an issue all year. And I don't know if they're going to be able to fix that. And if they can't fix that, they might make the playoffs, but you can't win without a great defense or at least a solid defense that gets turnovers they can't do either they can't stop anybody and they're not forcing turnovers and the fact that it's Patrick Mahomes is turning the ball over I think he's had what interception in last six games or something he's had a turnover in every game this year and you're giving the opposition short fields with your defense not being great you're really putting your defense behind the eight ball and it's really going to be a big issue if Patrick Mahomes does not cut down on turnovers what a crazy world we live in already and the we're talking about Patrick Mahomes turning the ball over too much. Sounding like a Baker Mayfield right now, right? Um, but that's really what it's become. Patrick Mahomes turns the ball over too much. He had a fun one this game, a very crucial one. He got the first down, and he was running. He got the first down, and then he, he got strip sack. I mean, he got stripped from behind, and Patrick Mahomes, you can't do that. You got to slide. You got to play the next play, right? And you saw... In the game, he does stuff that's just like unnecessary, but he's so good. He's gotten away with it for so long that it's almost second nature. And 
when you build bad habits in that sense and you're able to get away with it, you feel like you can get away with it every time. And that's not the case. Like, there was a play in the game where he was about to get sacked by one of the Tennessee defenders and he switched the ball to his left hand and threw the ball away. Yeah, that might work. And it did work because he didn't actually get the sack. But it's stuff like that where you can get away with it a few times. You can do those no-look passes that he's done before. But eventually it's going to catch up to you. And right now their offensive line isn't great. Patrick Mahomes is getting you know pressure on every drop back he's getting pressure he's getting hit he's getting sacked and you can't get Tyreek Hill deep you can't they're playing two safeties deep they're saying pretty much play underneath we're gonna let you have that intermediate route we're gonna let you have that short drag route we're not gonna let you get us beat beat, let let you beat us deep with Tyreek Hill because everybody knows when Tyreek Hill gets ahead of steam and there's nobody catching him and Patrick Mahomes can throw it 80, 90 yards. He can throw it a mile. So the, the the safeties are playing so far back. They're giving you the middle of the field. They're giving you intermediate. They're also saying, hey, run the ball. But the Chiefs can't really run the ball because their offense line isn't great. And for all the things about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire being all this great, and last year in fantasy he was like a first-round pick, and this year in fantasy he was like a second or third-round pick, he's not... He hasn't been great, and they can't run the ball enough for people to get out of the same coverage. Everybody's playing the same defense that Tampa Bay played against them in the Super Bowl, saying, we're not going to let you beat us deep, beat us underneath, and if you can sustain 8, 10, 12 plays drives, go ahead and get a touchdown. But you know Mahomes, he has that itch. I want to throw it 40 yards. I want to chuck it. I want to throw a no look. And stuff like that is it's good because it's, they've done it before, but... Teams are saying, you know, we feel like you're impatient. You're going to throw a pass that you're not supposed to be throwing. And, like, like it's really coming to fruition because Patrick Mahomes has interception in the last six games. That's unacceptable. The Chiefs can't win like that. Defense is not good. So if you're going to throw interceptions and you're giving your defense a short field, teams are going to score. And there's too good. Teams are too good. And Patrick Mahomes has to be better, like, what a crazy world, right? Patrick Mahomes has to be better. He has to be better. Otherwise, the Chiefs are... They might not even make the playoffs. And my Super Bowl pick is going to look really bad when the teams that I expected to win the Super Bowl won't even get there, much less the playoffs. But, um, yeah, just... And also, the last part is Derrick Henry did not much this game. He only had 86 yards on 29 carries. So he didn't really do much. He threw a touchdown, um, <laughs> which was one more than Patrick Mahomes threw in the game. So there's that for you. And if you can't stop the run, and everybody obviously when you're playing the Tennessee Titans, the big thing is to stop the run. Tannehill had a field day. He was just carving them. Just pass after pass. He was, I think he was 11-11 to start the game. And you can't, you can't win if every single time the guy drops back, he's got all the time in the world and he's just passing it to A.J. Brown or Julio Jones whoever and that's going to be the biggest problem for the Chiefs they can't stop anybody and Patrick Mahomes is turning the ball over both of those both of those things have to get corrected otherwise the Chiefs are in trouble leave the Chiefs there I do want to talk about probably it's a surprise team in the NFL probably yeah in the NFL I think for me especially Cincinnati Bengals Cincinnati Bengals went into Baltimore and completely destroyed and dismantled the Baltimore Ravens one week after Baltimore went and beat and single-handedly handled, they handled the Chargers, the, ball, the Cincinnati Bengals went in there and handled Baltimore, which is crazy 
to say, but the Cincinnati Bengals are for real. Joe Burrow had an amazing game, 400 yards, three touchdowns, had an INT, but the game was pretty much over at the point when he threw the INT. And I want to kind of get into a little bit of this. Uh, people that follow fantasy football a little bit, man, Jamar Chase is the real deal. No matter what round you got Jamar Chase in, a lot of people got him in the 8th, ninth, 10th round. He's the best player in fantasy for the value that you drafted him at. And 8 receptions, 201 yards, and a touchdown. He had a 70-yard touchdown in this game. It seems like every game he's having a touchdown over 40 yards. And the Joe Burrow-Jamar Chase connection from LSU is still looking strong, even stronger than it did at LSU. It's one thing to do it at LSU when you're playing small colleges or you're playing universities that have no match for you. Yes, they won the Yes, they won the national championship, but you know, there was always that thing about Jamar Chase. He can't grab like he had, there was all these little things about in preseason the ball's too big, he can't capture it, etc., etc. But Jamar Chase has been the best wide receiver in the NFL this year probably. You could argue like and you can make a strong case that he is. And if he's not the best, obviously he has to do it for many years to be able to in that be in that same conversation with DeAndre Hopkins, Tyreek Hill. But just this year, there probably hasn't been a better fantasy and also a real-life wide receiver than Jamar Chase. And the Cincinnati Bengals are for real. They have the best record in the AFC. And the fact that they handled Baltimore like they did in Baltimore says a lot about Cincinnati and Joe Burrow's for real. He's showing, I think everybody kind of already knew he was really good last year. He was, you know, and of course, as, as coming into a, a team like Cincinnati, you're not going to be great off the bat, but they're really turning around. They're looking really solid. They're going to be in playoff contention this year. And the way that they're going, they, they might, you know, be one of the top two or three seeds. And they're for real. They're for real. Cincinnati Bengals, shout out Joe Burrow, shout out Jamar Chase. They're for real. And I kind of want to transition in from the Cincinnati Bengals, and I wanted to talk a little bit football, the English football, a.k.a. soccer. I wanted to talk about Manchester United and their manager situation after the thrashing 5-0 by Liverpool at Old Trafford, Manchester United completely dismantled by Mohamed Salah's hat-trick. And he got an assist in the game. It was 4-0 at halftime. It was 5-0 after 60 minutes. The game ended 5-0. It felt like Liverpool kind of, you know, they took it easy for the last 25-30 minutes. There was like, it could have been a mercy rule. If there was a mercy rule, they should have just applied in Manchester United. Because every time Liverpool attacked... It felt like they were going to put the ball in the net. It was just too easy. Trent Alexander coming down the right-hand side, crossing it in. Harry Maguire, Lindelof, they looked like they were standing in quicksand. And Salah was Salah's doing what Salah's doing. He's right now quite possibly the best player in the world. And there's probably no close second at this very moment. He's been that good for Liverpool. And Liverpool were that much better than Manchester United. And after the game, of course, the big thing is this was even going on before the Manchester United got destroyed by Liverpool was, hey, is their manager good enough? And we've always talked about this. Is the manager good enough to get them over the hump, win a trophy, win the Premier League, challenge for the Premier League? 
and it's looking more and more like he's not. And I already kind of suspected that. That's why I always felt like Manchester United, they're, the sum of their parts are not playing as good as their individual parts should be. You've got Bruno Fernandes, you've got Cristiano Ronaldo, you've got Rafael Varane, you've got players, Paul Pogba, you've got players all over the field, Mason Greenwood, Marcus Rashford, Jaden uh, Sancho, Jesse Lingard, you've got players all over the field, and for them to look nothing like a, a complete team, and the one sign of a great coach is you take, you take a team, you take the sum of their parts, and they play better than their individual and it feels like it's the opposite with Manchester United. Their individuals are better than the sum. And that shouldn't be the case. And that's a very big indictment against Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. And that's why his job is in question. And the reports that are coming out now is he's got three games to prove himself. And they're not very they're not three very easy games. First game he's got away is this weekend against Tottenham. I don't know. I mean I would like to think the players are going to play good for him and they could beat Tottenham because Tottenham isn't great either. But I wouldn't bet on it. I would put no money on that because there's you really don't know which team is going to show up. One week they look good and then you're going to you really don't know. They just lost 5-0 to Liverpool. They don't even look like they're in the same class as Liverpool and they might miss out on top 4 if they keep going down the route that they're going. And I don't know. I I think they might win, but I wouldn't bet on it. I don't even think maybe it's probably going to be a tie. Like I, I if I had to bet, I would think it's probably going to be like a tie, maybe one one two two something like that, because both teams aren't great. Both teams really aren't great at defending, and we'll see how that kind of goes. And then you after Tottenham, you got away at Atlanta in the Champions League following week in midweek, and then you're home for Manchester City. Those are some tough situ- <laughs> Those are some tough games for Solskjaer to be in. Because I don't I don't know like if they're waiting for those three games, I don't see what the the end end result's gonna be because they're probably not gonna be favored again at home against I mean away at Atlanta. You're not gonna be favored at home against City. Two out of those three three two out of those three games, you're expected to probably lose those. And if those are the benchmark for Solskjaer's job to either continue or be fired, it's probably what 70-80% that he's gonna get fired just just by the competition, not necessarily if he's doing a great job or not. I personally don't think he's doing a great job to begin with, but it's kind of like, we'll see how it goes. And I think that, you know, Antonio Conte is ready to come in. And honestly, as a for, as a Chelsea fan, he was our former manager. He came into Chelsea and he completely changed that team around. As an opposition fan of, you know, Manchester United, I don't want Antonio Conte because I know what Antonio Conte is. And Antonio Conte is one of the top five, top seven managers in the world. That guy comes in, he took Chelsea from 10th to the Premier League in one one year. He came in the first year, he won the Premier League. There's not many coaches that can come in the first year to a team that was 10th and won the Premier League, but he did that, and Antonio Conte is the real deal. He will get these guys playing hard, and he will put in this... He's a hard guy to play for, but he gets results. At the end end of the day, that's all that matters. Manchester United has always been about results. The fact that they lost 5-0 is an embarrassment, and that's not the Manchester United brand. But they've just been average since uh, Alex Ferguson left. They've just been average. They really haven't won anything of, of, of value. They've won the Europa League with Jose Mourinho, but it's the Europa League. Manchester United is trying to compete for Champions Leagues, and they're not even close right now. 
And if you keep letting Solskjaer be the manager and you get 2-4, maybe you won't even get top four. That's why I feel like these three, three, these three games are very vital for Solskjaer. But I think if he gets fired, it's actually beneficial to Manchester because if they get Conte, and there's rumors that Conte is already ready to accept the job if it gets offered to him, he's going to be the... He's going to be the guy and he's going to change Manchester United around. As an opposition fan, I don't want that because I think I want to see Manchester United not do well. But I know what Conte can do. He did it for Chelsea and he came in for two years. He won in the Premier League. He won in the Europa League. And he left. And he went to Inter. He won Inter the he went he won Inter Syria with Juventus with Ronaldo. He went and won against Ronaldo, Juve had won it for eight, nine years in a row, and then he went to Inter, he got Lukaku, he got Lukaku playing right, Lautaro Martinez, they won Serie A, so Antonio Conte has always been results, and he would be a great manager for Manchester United, and apparently there's rumors that Zidane doesn't want to coach there, so I think Zidane's probably going to be the next coach of France, if that opportunity ever comes up, which it probably will after the World Cup from Didier Deschamps, but Solskjaer is in a deep, deep crap. And I don't know if he's going to be able to get himself out. He probably won't. And he'll probably be better for Manchester United in the long run. Last point I wanted to kind of cover um, was the Houston Astros. Our Houston Astros are in the World Series. The game is going on currently right now. I don't know what the score is. Last time I checked, they were down 3-0. <laughs> but yeah, the Astros in the World Series. This is their third one in five years. They were one game away from getting there last year and they were one game away from winning it two years ago. So in reality, they've almost had five World Series opportunities in five years, which is absolutely absurd. The Astros are, if they win this one, they're a dynasty. And it's just amazing to watch because I don't know if you're going to see this again. This is kind of similar to the San Francisco Giants from a few years ago. Again, I'm not the biggest baseball fan, but obviously I do tune in when, I guess you'd call me bandwagon, um, I do tune in when the Astros uh, are playing in the playoffs. But it's a couple things, it's kind of similar to the Giants from the early 2010s where they won three in five years, I believe, as well. So the Astros have a chance to win two in five years, um, which would be amazing coming from what the Astros were, you know, 2014, 15, when they won like, you know, they were losing 100 games a year and everything seems so bleak. But now they've got this core, Altuve, Bregman, Correa, Yuli Gurriel. Um, and you got Jordan coming up. He's 24. So they've got players that can sustain this for longer. But the biggest thing is going to be you got to pay Carlos Correa. Whatever that man asks for, you got to pay that man. You got to keep the core together because the core can be back there next year. That's how good they are and that's how experienced they are and they played so many big playoff games and they're so clutch and you're going to, if you want to sustain it, it always comes down to this, right? Pay the players now and reap the the demise later, right? You're going to have to deal with the fact that you're going to probably overpay them and they're going to not be good in four or five years but if you are able to win three, four World Series in that time, it's all worth it. And we'll see if the Astros are willing to do that. I don't know. They let George Springer go. And I'm not sure if they let... Correa is the heartbeat of that team. And he's been the... He's been that solid rock horse for the Astros. When everybody was against him, he was like... He's the clubhouse leader. 
and I feel like they need to keep them together. Uh, they need to keep that core together to see if they can keep getting back to World Series and winning them. But we'll kind of see how that plays out. I think the Astros, obviously, I like the Astros to win the series, but it's not going to be easy, and it would be great for the city of Houston to have, what, two two titles in the last, like, four years. And we'll see how kind of that plays out, but it'll just be in due time. We'll see, and that'll be this week's episode, and I'll see you guys next time. I'm out.